0: You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome into episode number twenty-two of the Accidental Leader. I'm your host and fellow Accidental Leader, Bo McDonald, and we're going to dive right into this episode today. We're going to pack as much as we can into this. It's a conversation I've I've been waiting to have for the last few weeks since we we scheduled this recording. Our guest today is a former CEO, retired, and I use that term loosely because he didn't really retire. Uh, he he's probably working more now than he he ever has before. He retired. Uh, he's out there advocating with credit unions, consulting with, with credit unions. And I'm so interested because we're, we've are we got a totally different look on leadership today. Someone who has retired in the leadership role, come back and, and is consulting and, and using his decades of experience to help the next generation of of credit union leaders as they're coming up. So this is going to be a great conversation. Our guest today, Nick Watagazan. Three, two, one. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy
1: of our sponsors, your marketing
0: company, and Uncommon. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank
1: you, Bill. So glad to be here.
0: So why did you decide to unretire? I know you say, I'm, I'm retired. I didn't unretire. I call bull on that because you, you are one of the hardest working men in, in the business right now. And just tell us what brought you back after you decided to, to call it quits and, and come back and, and spend more time with, with leaders.
1: I've been very fortunate. I've been in this red union business for 42 years and virtually all of that I've been in a, in a management leadership role and I just don't have the personality to uh, just prop my feet up and do nothing. And I'm fortunate. I am able to do fun stuff. I am able to, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, whether we go on bike rides or go to the beach or, uh, you know, knock off early, but I'm, Continuing my what I like to think is my third career, I'm continuing my career and uh, giving back. I, I really believe that we are all here to make a difference in this world around us. I've been very blessed uh, to be in this uh, leadership role, to be in this credit union business, and I feel as we are blessed, uh, we are to give back and bless others.
0: You know, and I want to I want to go back. I want to focus on on that for a minute. As leaders, it's not like we. Had a lesson in leadership, where we we were born a leader. People have poured into us, past leaders, teachers, folks that that we worked for. I want you to go back in in your memories and think about that best boss that you ever worked for, the one that that as you were leading people, as you were leading your organizations, you always went back and thought, what would he or she do? Because they they were a great leader, and I, I could use a little dose of of knowledge from them right now. Who was that for you?
1: Well, it's funny. I, I think back, you know, we, we we should each have an opportunity to think back to uh, those five most influential people in our lives beyond our parents. And I actually even up uh, top of my head, think back to uh, Mrs. Ray, my fourth grade teacher. And what was so funny was I can remember being in her class and she decided that my C-level work was not going to be good enough in her class and I can accomplish more. And i never forget that feeling I had because she always pushed and prodded me to do more and accomplish more. And i never forget that feeling I had when uh, I uh, got an A for the very first time in a class and being the only person in that fourth grade class uh, who actually got an A on that test. And I often think back on the difference that she made in my life. I've had a number of different uh uh, supervisors managers uh in these last 28 years of course i worked for a, um, a seven person board of directors so in that way i had uh seven bosses uh, along the way had a lot of um, supervisors managers and i learned from each of them i wouldn't say that any of them uh, exactly stand out as a uh, as a stellar example i don't mean to be disparaging but Uh, just being in a position where I believe we learn from uh, everybody we come into contact with. And in those cases, they had both, you know, great leadership examples, great management examples as we were together. And they also had some that, that weren't so uh, exact and helpful for me, but still I learned through each of those experiences.
0: So you brought up an, an interesting topic when you were talking about Mrs. Ray, your fourth grade teacher, it's frustrating as a leader sometimes when, when you have an employee, a team member where you can see that potential, you see it and they're squandering it. And as a leader through, through the decades, tell me about how you led those people and, you know, how could you successfully take someone that you saw so much potential in and they either didn't see it themselves or they just weren't living up to their potential. How did you channel Mrs. Ray from fourth grade? To to lead those those folks to success.
1: So in my experiences, like everybody else, I started my career as a staff member for a period of time. I uh, ultimately became a supervisor of uh, one person, then two people, then later a manager, and, and then later a, a vice president. Uh, over a period of time, uh, I uh, was uh, given the opportunity to. Uh, Work with then Columbia Teachers Federal Credit Union, a truly a teachers' credit union, but a multi-state credit union. And over a period of time, we became a uh, Palmetto Citizen, became a community chartered credit union. So, uh, as I was a part of uh, Palmetto Citizens Federal Credit Union, a little bit over 300 coworkers, and in my mind, each person that I uh, was part of the credit union was a leader, is a leader. And uh, although I, I had direct reports over the senior leader, senior management team of the uh, credit union, we also worked very closely with individual uh, managers. And, and the goal was to uh, help each person be in the best position to achieve their potential. For our organization, it was about helping members achieve financial success. But the way we accomplished that objective was to be in a position to uh, help each person grow and develop, uh, their, their technical and, and their leadership skills. Uh, again, I believe that everybody is a leader and, uh, they just, uh, choose to be a good leader or they choose to be a, a poor leader. So the, the goal was to, uh, work with uh, individual senior, uh, leaders, uh, uh managers, And really, really look at ways that we could develop each individual person as part of the team. I'm a big believer that each manager and supervisor, everybody entrusted with that role, the responsibility, has an awesome responsibility. And their duty is to develop, to mentor and teach in each individual person. So, in many cases, working with senior leaders, we would talk about the development and really plot out the development. We would also look uh, at working with each manager and their work with their other members of management, their supervisors, system managers, and what they were doing to develop each person uh, under their, their charge. Uh, again, it's an awesome responsibility and Each uh, individual who is fortunate to be a supervisor of people, to be a manager, be a leader of people has an awesome responsibility and is up to them to recognize that responsibility and to work to be a wise steward. Uh, And as you know, you're always going to have instances where uh, there are people who choose Really, to uh, want to be a supervisor, be a manager, be a senior leader, because they like the idea of the title, they the idea of money. Uh, but we want to be in a position to seek out those folks who are really going to be in the best position to uh, achieve success. And a lot of the times, you would you would have a a measurable that would be part of their their criteria for the role of the, their goals, their objectives, and. Really, work to uh, uh, make wise selections with the individual people and then be a coach and a mentor from the senior leader all the way down into the manager and the supervisor into the staffing ranks of the organization.
0: You know, you just described perfectly what an accidental leader is. You know we walk into this this thing and, and we might know our craft, whether it's finances, plumbing, and we're great at that, but now all of a sudden, we're in charge of people. We're leading people. And, and you say it's an, it's an awesome responsibility and it is. I, I, you know, when I'm hiring a leader, I'm always thinking about who can I fill this position with that is good at leading themselves? Because how much damage can you do if you put someone in charge of your team and, and you leave them worse than you found them? And and that's always my goal when I'm hiring a leader or, or working with leaders, you know, you've got these four people and there's someone's wife or husband. Son or daughter, brother or sister, and if if you leave them worse than you found them, think about the ripple effects of of how you've destroyed them or or ruined them as as someone who who's managing them instead of leading them. And I, I think awesome responsibility is a great way to to put that because you're you're in charge of lives now, and, and that's different than being in charge of widgets.
1: Absolutely, and, and, and again, it is such an awesome responsibility. And my view has always been that we, we can't be part of an organization where you have the Peter Principle in place. You're um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the Peter Principle, where people are elevated to levels of incompetence. They they do a good job, they get promoted. They do a good job, they get promoted into ultimately they reach a plateau where they're no longer doing a good job, and because Uh, of them just achieving uh, a status quo, uh, a level of incompetence, they're not able to uh, be promoted anymore. And uh, really spent a lot of time in working with the senior leadership team to uh, really make sure that people were continuing to excel and be in the best position as a leader. And we're talking again about, you know, their leadership of other people, if they reach a a, a level of incompetence and if that happens you work with people if they're still not getting it you work with them further if they're still not getting it you're working with them further but you also have to recognize that at times uh, it's not going to work out and you want to then find a a, a best opportunity for uh, those individual people and those are tough decisions but again you owe it to everybody under your charge that you want to be in a position to help each staff member as part of an organization, to help each supervisor, each member of management. We all heard the expression of people never rise above the quality of their leader and their leaders, their direct supervisor. And because of that, people often, uh, will leave an organization, uh, and, principal reason they're leaving organization is because of their direct supervisor. So if you want to uh, do the best job for your organization, do your best job for your people, you've got to have uh, expectations and criteria and, and, and a follow-through process.
0: I want to switch gears for a minute. You talked about the growth of the credit union you led, and and it was extensive growth. That doesn't happen accidentally. And in order to grow... An organization like like you grew your credit union. You've got to be open to change. You've got to be flexible. And I know so many leaders who, when change comes, they stick their head in the sand. Change isn't for me. I don't want nothing to do with this change stuff. Hmm. Tell me how you handled that. You know, so much has you know in in the long time that you led that organization. Life has changed. The world has changed. Technology was a huge influence. Tell me about how you handled the uncomfortableness of of new ideas and and having to to pivot and and embrace change. Well,
1: of course, our our goal is not necessarily to pick a a destination as much as to pick a direction. And my objective as being part of uh, of, of Palmetto Citizens Better Credit Union was not to be the biggest organization, be the biggest credit union in essence, but to be the best place for our members and for the staff of the organization. So uh, a big part of uh, of our organization was listening to our members. Uh, we found that our very uh, satisfied members, our fans were the best marketers for our organization. And I'm really proud to look back that even with the advertising that was part of our, of, of our campaign, you know, uh, the external advertising, all the different forms of advertising, still two out of three new members to our organization, our customers, uh, were uh, referred by existing members, family members, friends, coworkers. and because of a a philosophy of uh, of making the, the members, the service, a uh, priority in in our organization that really carried over into the level of success. And as we started, as I started with uh, PMSS and within Columbia Teachers, we were a hundred million dollar organization. As I left in uh, January of 2023, we're a $1.3 billion organization. We had both primary members and and joint owners and we served over hundred thousand people. So we're a very large organization in Columbia, South Carolina. but really, as as we all know, leaders must be in a position to listen. And as we listen, we are listening both to staff members and we're listening to the to the members of the organization. And if a problem uh, arises, what are we doing to resolve the problem? And really, what skills are we giving people at uh, at all levels within an organization to be able to address? Uh, individual problems that arise, and I, I take great pride in the high levels of membership satisfaction. Uh, the promoter scores, in essence, the, the membership satisfaction again recognized far from a perfect organization, but really I, I applaud my my uh, coworkers, well, no, now former coworkers, at the incredible level of success that uh, they were able to create within our organization itself i played a part but really each individual uh, staff member supervisor manager um lead senior leader really made a tremendous difference they were a a uh, they, they 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 always uh made me proud uh, obviously there were instances that occurred with you know problems that we had to address but i really believe everybody as part of any organization has the best of intentions and problems will arise. We have to work through those individual challenges, but uh, I uh, believe it's really important that when you hire, and you've talked about this, when you hire the right people and work with them and develop them, it's going to make life a lot easier. I'm going
0: to pull a name out of my pocket, a blast from the past. You're going to know who I'm talking about. it it was one of the leadership lessons that, that I've carried with me. Uh, Pat West, uh, CEO of another credit union. I remember sitting with her and, and she was a, a very early user of my company. And, and I consider her a, a great teacher. I, I wouldn't know as much as I do today without her sitting down and she would teach me the numbers. She would teach me what the numbers meant. Uh, she was a great mentor to me, but I remember, you know, bringing her this Facebook thing. Pat, we should put the credit union on Facebook. And this is the early days of it when, you know, people were still figuring out what is this, this Facebook thing? What do we use this for? Can a company use this? And I remember her saying, I've grown this credit union, not for me, but for my members. It doesn't matter what I think. Even though I don't understand it, I know we need to do what's best for the credit union. So if you think we need to do that, do it. Tell me about. That thought. When you're embracing change, how did you walk through that process of, you know, something new, uncomfortable? Maybe you didn't understand it, but you knew it was important. There was something there that had to be done. What was your thought process? Walk us through that.
1: Well, it's a wonderful story about Pat West. And uh, that's been one of the uh, the best parts of, of my journey. My credit union journey has, has been the, the many people I've come into, you know, come into contact with. I believe we we must all be uh open to change. It's just part of what uh has to be part of your your DNA right. as a leader. And I, I do remember, you know, our first uh social media, I remember our, our first homepage, you know, so so very, very basic. Uh Bo, because I've been in this, this business since nineteen eighty-one, I can actually remember uh personal computers. Uh, being new to, uh, organizations, new to credit unions. And I remember going into, uh, one credit union, they had this special room. And in that room, they had a, uh, this beautiful desk. And on the desk was a personal computer at IBM with a, uh, with a, with a printer. And, uh, you know, again, they, they weren't able to figure out what to do with it, uh, right away. But over a period of time, and we could look, you know, uh, come, uh, Fast forward uh, 20, 30 years, and, and personal computers are just uh, a part of all of our lives. And uh, the next step, of course, is going to be AI. That's going to be a huge part of, of of all the works we do, both individually and for, for our organizations. If if you want to be an organization that's growing and developing, it really has us going into different directions. And part of those directions uh, must be uh, how do we continue to uh, to use technology to really uh, you know be a state of the art organization to best serve our our members to best serve our staff to to achieve success i think about you know the work that we do almost like a triangle on each of the you know the corners of the triangle, uh one being the staff of the organization, the other one being the members in our case or customers of our organization, and the other being the um uh the the uh, uh their earnings the the leftover net income the uh uh equity you know for the organization itself and so how are we uh, working with an organization to balance between those individual areas for success, and you know whether it be staff members or individual members or just for the future success of the organization, we, we must embrace uh, technology. We must embrace change, and as we know, for leaders that's just part of of the challenges which we ex- which we work through. You know, fintechs are uh, part of the uh, the competition. For all financial institutions, uh, you know, credit unions, you know, not being excluded, uh, we uh, uh, want to uh, you know, look at ways that uh, our organizations can, you know, succeed and. We look at some of the competitors that are out there, and in the times past, I can remember when everybody was fearful that Walmart was going to step into the financial space, and they worked to do that, uh, but uh, they were obviously unsuccessful because nobody now talks about worrying about worrying about Walmart. So there must be a uh, an open mindedness that uh, we have to continue to find ways to better serve our members and members demand technology uh to uh, be able to uh, have uh home and mobile banking mobile check deposit you know de- deposits at uh, automated teller machines uh really members are uh, demanding these services and so we have to be open to how we are able to you know, within our organizations you know best serve their needs and uh, as you mentioned, when you know, Facebook, uh, social media, you know, it's hard to believe, but I do remember those times when social media was not, you know, um, uh, an everyday function within our organization. It was still brand new. Um, and there was a, a lot of confusion as you mentioned with your, with your Pat West story, but she was also a great example, somebody who was open-minded and I think to be a successful leader it's all about, you know, being open-minded, uh, making, um, Open-minded decisions that are in the best interest of our members, open-minded decisions in the best interest of our uh, staff members, open-minded decisions that, that must, in some cases, be in the best interest of the success of the organization.
0: Nick, I've got one final question for you. We're going to switch gears one more time. This is going to be a tough one. I think. Maybe. Maybe not. I want to know about the the toughest leadership lesson that you had to learn the hard way. What happened? How did you handle it? And and is your you know armchair quarterbacking that? If you could go back and and do something different with that, what would you do?
1: That really is a terrific question, Bo. Uh, let me think for a second. I can think of so many. So it's just a matter of uh, of choosing you know the uh, the you know, the best example. I'm going to uh, share an example that. Uh, was not at my uh my prior organization actually it was it was part of another organization and it was a uh actually uh while working at the league it was an insolvent uh credit union uh to just for comparison or organization that organization when i arrived, and again, I was still part of the league, so I was just on loan, uh, had uh, equity of 0.28% and delinquency of 7.24%. So, uh, anybody who uh, understands any level of finances uh, would understand that that was an insolvent organization. In so many ways, I consider that to be my my uh, toughest uh, challenge because uh, it was an a, a organization that had 12 staff members And they had lost uh, two of their leaders in a six-month period of time who, unfortunately, because they were ill-prepared and incapable of uh, working through those problems, had been asked to leave. And so I, uh, through the the league organization, was asked to uh, take on that challenge. And I remember talking to at the time as an assistant manager who was uh, the number two person. And, uh, she said, if we're all fed up. We're all getting ready to leave. And I asked her, you know, please, you know, let me come talk to everybody. And, uh, she agreed, they agreed. And so the next day I was able to, uh, to get there because this all happened so quickly. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, we had an all staff, uh, discussion and, uh, talked with each individual, excuse me, I talked with the group, uh, but for each individual person was able to uh, communicate how, uh, yes, there were some tough challenges before us, but I really believe that together we would be able to resurrect this organization. And I still stay in touch with some of these folks and really take great pride because together we were able to Work through the problems, to deal with the delinquency and the recoveries that were necessary to put in place the proper practices. And with those twelve individuals, uh, we really were able to place this organization on firm financial footing again. And that really was a a huge challenge. I would work first thing in the morning. Uh, in that office. And we worked throughout the day and then uh, would work with the collections folks into the evening. So it was some long days, some long weeks uh, to be able to address a challenge. But I look back on that with great pride and satisfaction because it was the staff members of the organization. Once they uh, recognized that, yes, together, we could uh, fix the problems that, that exist within the organization. We could Uh, put in place proper practices we could collect uh virtually all of those those problem loans that we we could uh be in the best position to to grow the the organization for for future success and so i look at that as one of my uh is is, is one of my experiences that show greatly uh, shaped our lives Uh, i believe that uh, i uh, learned through that experience uh, and was in a a position to you know grow as an individual that then actually prepared me for the uh, the challenges which were alive for me as I as I went into uh, then Columbia Teachers.
0: You know, Nick, as we wrap up, I want to use that as example because a lot of people look at at leaders and they look at the loud leaders that throw chairs, that throw tantrums, and say, "That's a good leader right there. He's getting stuff done, or she's getting stuff done." We often overlook the, the quiet leaders that, that stay under the radar, that are, are calm and collected in times like you described that, that could be chaos, who are thoughtful. And we often overlook those as folks, as leaders that we might, might want to model ourselves after because it's not flashy. It's not fun. You know, and I, I go back to one of the very first episodes of this, the two different Johns, uh, you know, you reminded me a whole lot of the good John, that first leader that I worked for that, you know, he wasn't flashy. He he wasn't loud. He was, you know, kind of below the radar, but he communicated well. He led well. He was all about growth. He was never afraid of a tough conversation. If you screwed up, you were going to know about it. Uh, but the way that, that he approached it was, was always meaningful. So I've got to thank you for, for the years of service you've given as a leader like that, that, you know, may not be the flashiest person, the loudest person, but if you look at the track of your organization, the folks that have come out of of your organization, it's it's a huge testament to to what you've been able to do. And I'm I'm so happy we were able to get you on the podcast today. I know we've been having conversations over the last few weeks and our paths are gonna continue to cross over the next few weeks, and I'm really looking forward to that. So Nick, I just want to say thank you for all you've done and, and thank you for Spending some time with us on the podcast today to to share some of these stories and and these thoughts for us fellow accidental
1: leaders. Thank you, Bo, and, and 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 just if I could share final comments, I really believe that in this world uh, we are are to to make this a better place, and uh, I think one of the the key points for all of us as leaders is to, uh, you know to follow uh, you know the the philosophy of of, of loving all, serve all. You want to borrow from a hard rock uh, cafe. And I think it's just very important that we each have a servant heart. So thank you again for this opportunity. and, and, And truly, thank you for your continuing to do to make a difference in this world around us. Nick, thank you so much.
0: It's going to wrap up episode number 22 of The Accidental Leader. If you're tuning in for the first time, you can go to theaccidentalleader.com. Find all of the past episodes. Sign up for our newsletter when new episodes come out. We'll let you know where they are. And of course, if you're listening on the website and you want to make it easier on yourself, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts, you can find this there. Thanks for listening to The Accidental Leader. We'll be back with episode number 23 in just a few weeks. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon.